Hello everybody, Sucre Yaro here, and welcome to episode 3 of the Year of Stories podcast. At this point, we're like halfway through our book, so that's so fun. Like, really, I... Honestly, I thought I read much less last time when I was sick, if you remember that. Feeling much better now, still like coughing like slightly every once in a while. Let's hope I don't kill your ears today. I am so sorry for last time. Anyway, so, hang on. Now I want to- No, I lost my page. I lost my page. Oh, I found it again. I found it again. We're good. We're good. <laughs> um, so, 208 pages and we're on it. Okay, it looks like we're halfway through. We might not be. I don't know. I can't tell. <laughs> My vision sucks today. Um, <laughs> page 88, the recipe. I hope you haven't... Wow. That was an instant stutter. Holy sh... Cow. Holy cow. Who? Ha ha. He 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 he. I almost swore. I'm trying so hard not to do that. I can't remember if I've sworn in the past though. Oh my gosh. My sister has when she showed up last time when I was recording. Sheila came in, first thing she did was swear during the recording, if you remember that. Yeah, I didn't edit it out. I don't know if it even picked up on the mic, though. <laughs> Take two. <laughs> I hope you haven't forgotten that while all this was going on, I was still stuck behind the screen on my hands and knees with one eye glued to the crap. I don't, even, I don't know how long I had been there, but it seemed like forever. The worst part of it was not being allowed to cough or make a sound, and knowing that if I did, I was as good as dead. Man, <laughs> that's some childhood trauma right there. Like, bring that to therapy in the future, guy. Shoot. Shoot! Wait. Oh, I can't say it, but spoil- Because it would be spoilers, but- Someone remind me. Someone, like, make a note of this so I remember this moment. Because I want to speak about it later. When things happen, okay? Someone make a note of this for me. You I, you know who you are. If You know who you are, okay? Just make a note. Make a note about this comment, okay? Okay. Uh. And all the way through, I was living in constant terror that one of the witches in the back row was going to get a whiff of my presence through those special nose holes of hers. Why can't they just say nostrils? Like... It, nose holes. Nose holes, nose. Do they, do they call them nostrils? Because it sounds slightly like nose. <gasps> I'll never be the same after this discovery. Oh my gosh. Uh, um, there we are. My only hope, as I saw it, was the fact that I had hadn't washed for days. That and the never-ending excitement and clapping and shouting that was going on in the room. The witches were thinking of nothing except the Grand High Witch up there on the platform and her great plan for wiping out all the children of England. They certainly weren't sniffing around for a child in the room. In their wildest dreams, if witches have dreams, that would never have occurred to any of them. I kept still and prayed. Man's manifesting Jeebus to save his life. Ah, Lord Jeebus, don't let the witches come at me. If you believe in Jesus, I'm sorry for the jokes that I make about Jesus. For the most part, I'd consider myself an atheist or like figuring out a religious path, so I make a so I make plenty of jokes about Christianity cuz that's what I grew up on. And like no offense to Christians or Catholics, but like it was not fun for me. I didn't enjoy being raised Catholic. So that's why I make a lot of jokes and I don't mean to offend anyone. Oh, I could have made a 420 joke. But anyway, the Grand High Witch's dreadful gloating song was over now and the audience was clapping madly and shouting, brilliant, sensation, sensational. Wow. Forgetting parts of words. Marvelous. You are a genius, oh brainy one. It's Pinky and the Brain. <laughs> I've read Brainy, and I thought of Pinky and the Brain. Ugh. 
It is a thrilling invention, this delayed action mouse maker. It is a winner. And the beauty of it is that the teachers will be the ones who bump off the stinking little children. It won't be us doing it. We shall never be caught. If you remember last time, the Grand High Witch had an accent, and I tried doing it, and then I sucked at it. So I'm not even going to try again, but please know that she does have an accent. I just can't do it. And I don't feel like being flamed for my accent. Terrible quality accent. So we're not going to try. We're just not going to put in the effort. We're not going to put in the work, put in the hours, take what's out. I need to stop dating this podcast so severely with the memes. Jeez. Witches are never caught, snapped the Grand High Witch. Attention now. I want everybody's attention for I am about to be telling you what... You must do to prepare Formula 86 Delayed Action Mouse Maker. Suddenly there came a great gasp from the audience. This was followed by a hubbub of shrieking and yelling, and I saw many of the witches leaping to their feet and to their feet and pointing at the flap flap Jesus <laughs> and pointing at the platform and crying out, Mice! 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 She's done it to show us. The brainy, the brainy one has ter- turned two children into mice, and there they are. I looked toward the platform. The mice were there all right, two of them, running around near the grand high witch's skirts. But these were not field mice or house mice or wood mice or harvest mice. They were white mice. I recognized them immediately as being my own little William and Mary. Mice! shouted the audience. Our leader has made mice to appear out of nowhere. Get the mouse traps. Fetch the mice! Fetch the cheese! I almost said fetch the mice. Why would they fetch the mice? I... Goodness gracious. I saw the Grand High Witch peering down at the floor and staring with obvious puzzlement at William and Mary. She bent lower to get a closer look. Then she straightened up and shouted, Quiet! The audience became silent and sat down. These These mice are nothing to do with me, she shouted. These mice are pet mice. These mice are quite obviously belonging to some repellent little child in this in the hotel. A boy it will be for a certainty because girls are not keeping pet mice. Excuse me? I want a pet mouse. Pet mice are so cute. They're little, little scrunklies. They're little scrunkly fellows. I want one. I want a little mouse. Excuse you, Grand High Witch. I want a little mousy mouse. A boy, cried the witches, a filthy, smelly little boy. We'll swipe him. We'll swizzle him. We'll have his tripes for... What the heck are tripes? What are tripes? No, no, I need to... What are tripes? What are tripes? We're using Google right now. Tripes refers to cow, beef, stomach, but also includes... Okay, so it's stomach stuff? England, I'm gonna put? No, I don't- I just went British for a moment. Slang word tripe. I don't know what this means. Um, if someone knows what that means, tell me, because I- I want to know. I don't- I don't know if they're talking about stealing his breakfast or, like, eating his stomach. But both are mean, but one is significantly worse than the other. Silence! shouted the Grand High Witch, raising her hands. You know perfectly well you must do nothing to draw attention to yourselves while you were living in the hotel. Let us by all means get rid of this evil-smelling little squirt, but we must do it as quietly as possible. For are we not- all of us, the most respectable ladies of the Royal Society for the Prevention of Cruelty to Children? What do you suggest then, O oh brainy one? They cried out. How shall we dispose of this small pile of filth? They're talking about me, I thought. These females are actually talking about how to kill me. I began to sweat. Whoever he is, he is not important, announced the Grand High Witch. So leave him to me. I shall smell him out and turn him into a mackerel and have him dished up for summer. Bravo, cried the witches. Cut off his head and chop off his tail and fry him in hot butter. You can imagine that none of this was making me very comfortable. I imagine not. You're like sitting there, hiding, praying to Jeebus to save your life. 
and then your mice go out and they're like ayo ayo how's it going and you're just still back there and they're talking about you now the owner of these mice and they're like man how are we gonna kill this boy that's oh man <laughs> William and Mary were still running around on the platform, and I saw the Grand High Witch aim a swift running kick at William. Oh no, William! No, William! <laughs> they drew this too, so you just see like a tiny little mouse drawing, and he's soaring, soaring, flying. <laughs> Yet again, dating this podcast horrifically. She caught him right on the point of her toe and sent him flying. She don't have toes. Witches don't have toes, buddy boy, old fella. So you're talking about her shoe. She did the same to Mary. Her aim was extraordinary. She would have made a great football player. American football. Non-American football. Because this is, this is a European book, so they're talking about soccer if you're an American and you don't know that. So, it's European football, not American football. In American terms, it's soccer, okay? Figured y'all needed to know, because... Eh. Both mice crashed against the wall, and for a few moments they lay stunned. Then they got to their feet and scampered away. Attention again, the Grand High Witch was shouting. I will now give to you the recipe for concocting Formula 86 Delayed Action Mouse Maker. Get out pencils and paper. <coughs> My apologies. So suddenly it's How to Kill a Child 101. Handbags were opened all over the room and notebooks were fished out. Give us the recipe, oh brainy one, cried the audience impatiently. Tell us the secret. First, said the Grand High Witch, I had to find something that would cause the children to become, to become very small very quickly. And what was that, cried the audience. That part was simple, said the Grand High Witch. All you have to do if you are, are wishing to make a child very small is to look at him through the wrong end of a telescope. She's a wonder, cried the audience. Who else would have thought of a thing like that? So you take the wrong end of a telescope, continued the Grand High Witch, and you boil it until it gets soft. How long does that take? They asked. Twenty-one hours of boiling, answered the Grand High Witch. And while this is going on, you take exactly forty-five brown mice and you chop off their tails with a carving knife and you fry the tails in hair oil until they are nice and crisp. Man... This is, like, forbidden recipes. Um, none of you take this seriously, for the love of all things. Please be merciful to the mice. Don't try to turn children into mice. I think one specific person should know that this is targeted towards them. Yet again, war with Aphrodite. You know who you are. Wait, did they- Okay, so I know Jinxie gave me permission to say their name, but I forget about Aphrodite. We're gonna call them... Um... I'm just gonna say War with Aphrodite until I double-check the messages, because I forget. But that's, like, the thing. That's how they know. What do we do with all those mice who have had their tails chopped off? Asked the audience. You simmer them in frog juice. Frog juice? Okay, what the heck is frog juice? The frogs, guys! Ah, Why? What even is frog juice? <coughs> My apologies to headphone users. Ahem. You simmer them in frog juice for one hour, came the answer, but listen to me. So far, I've only given you the easy part of the recipe. The really difficult problem is to put in something that will have a genuine delayed react delayed action result. Something that can be eaten by children on a certain day, but which will not start working 
on them until nine o'clock the next morning when they arrive at school. What did you come up with, oh brainy one, they called out. Tell us the great secret. The secret, announced the Grand High Witch triumphantly, is an alarm clock. An alarm clock, they cried. It's a stroke of genius. Of course it is, said the Grand High Witch. You can set a 24-hour alarm clock today, and exactly 9 o'clock tomorrow it will go off. But we will need 5 million alarm clocks, cried the audience. We will need one for each child. Idiots, shouted shouted the Grand High Witch. If you are wanting a steak, you do not cook the whole cow. It is the same with alarm clocks. One clock will make enough for a thousand children. Here is what you do. You set your alarm clock to go off at nine o'clock tomorrow morning. Then you roast it in the oven until it is crisp and tender. Are you writing this down? We are, your grandness, we are. Next, said the Grand High Witch, you take your boiled telescope and your fried mouse tails and your cooked mice and you roast in your roasted alarm clock and mix all together. You put them into the mixer. Oh, and all together you put them into the mixer. Then you mix them at full speed. This will give you a nice thick paste. While the mixer is still mixing, you must add to it the yolk of one gruntle's egg. I don't know what a gruntle is, but that sounds like an unholy creature. A gruntle's egg, cried the audience. We shall do that. Underneath all the clamor that was going on, I heard one witch in the back row saying to her neighbor, I'm getting a bit old to go birds nesting. Those ruddy gruntles always nest very high up. So you mix in the egg, the grand high witch went on, and one after the other you also mix in the following items. The claw of a crab cruncher, the beak of a blabbersnitch, the snout of a grovel squirt, and the tongue of a cat springer. Man, these are some wacky ingredients. Whew. I trust you are not having any trouble finding those. None at all, they cried. We will spear the blabbersnitch and trap the crab cruncher and shoot the grovel squirt and catch the cat springer in his burrow. Excellent, said the Grand High Witch. When you have mixed everything together in the mixer, you will have a most marvelous looking green liquid. Put one drop, just one titchy droplet of this liquid into a chocolate or sweet, and at nine o'clock the next morning, the child who ate it will turn into a mouse in 26 seconds. But one word of warning, never increase the dose. Never put more than one drop into each sweet or chocolate, and never give more than one sweet or chocolate to each child. An overdose of delayed action mouse maker will mess up the timing of the alarm clock and cause a child to turn into a mouse too early. A large overdose might have an instant effect, and you wouldn't want that, would you? You wouldn't want the children turning into mice right there in your sweet shop. That would give them give the game away, so be very careful. Do not overdose. Man, this, I don't even know what kind of joke I was going to make, but it ain't child-friendly. That's sure is that. (sighs) (coughs) My apologies yet again for every time I cough. Bruno Jenkins disappears. Page 97 now. The Grand High Witch was starting to talk again. I am now going to prove to you, she said, that this recipe is working to perfection. You understand, of course, that you can set the alarm clock to go off at any time you like. It does not have to be 9 o'clock. So yesterday I am personally preparing a small quantity of the magic formula in order to give you a public demonstration, but I am making one small change in the recipe. Before I am roasting the alarm clock, I am setting it to go off not at 9 o'clock the next morning, but at half past 3 the next afternoon, which means half past 3 this afternoon. And that, she said, glancing at her wristwatch, is in precisely 7 minutes' time. The audience of witches was watching intently, sensing that something dramatic was about to happen. So what am I doing yesterday with this magic liquid? Asked the Grand High Witch. I will tell you what I am doing. I am putting one droplet of it into a very squishy chocolate bar, and I am giving this bar to a repulsive, smelly little boy who is hanging around the lobby of this hotel. Of the hotel. The Grand High Witch paused. The audience remained silent, waiting for her to go on. I watched this repulsive little brunette gobbling up the squishy bar of chocolate, and when he had finished, I said to him, 
Was that good? He said. He said it was great. So I said to him, would you like some more? And he said, yes. So I said, I will give you six more chocolate bars like that if you will meet me in the ballroom of this hotel at, at 25 past three tomorrow afternoon. Six bars, cried. Six bars, cried this greedy little swine. I'll be there. You bet I'll be there. So the stage is set, shouted the Grand High Witch. The proof of the pudding is about to begin. Do not forget that before I am roasting the alarm clock yesterday, I am setting it for half past three today. It is now, she glanced again at her watch, it is now exactly 25 minutes past three, and the nasty little stinker who will be turning into a mouse in five minutes' time should, should at this very moment be standing outside the doors, and by gum she was absolutely right. The boy, whoever he might be, was already rattling the door handle and banging on the doors with his fist. Quick, shrieked the Grand High Witch, put on your wigs, put on your gloves, put on your shoes. There was a great rustle and bustle of putting on wigs and gloves and shoes. I saw the Grand High Witch herself reach for her face mask and put it on over that revolting face of hers. It was astonishing how that mask transformed her. All of a sudden, she became once again a rather pretty young lady. Let me in, came the, came the boy's voice from behind the doors. Where are those chocolate bars you promised me? I'm here to collect. Dish them out. He, had all, he is not only smelly, he is also greedy, said the Grand High Witch. Remove the chains from the doors and let him come in. The, ex the extraordinary thing about the mask was that its lips moved quite naturally when she spoke. You really couldn't see it was a mask at all. That's magic, bestie. That witchy, witchy moment. One of the witches leapt to her feet and unfastened the chains. She opened the two huge doors. Then I heard her saying, Why, hello, little man. How lovely to see you. You have come for your chocolate bars, have you not? They are all ready for you. Do come in. Oh, boy. Child finna die. Well, maybe not, like, well, I can't remember if they kill him or if they just let him be a little mousy man. <clears throat> a small boy wearing a white t-shirt and gray shorts and gym shoes entered the room. I recognized him at once. He was called Bruno Jenkins and he was staying in the hotel with his parents. <clears throat> My apologies. He was one of those boys who is always eating something whenever you meet him. Meet him in the hotel lobby and he is stuffing sponge cake into his mouth. Pass him in the corridor and he is fishing potato crisps out of a bag with a fistful. Catch sight of him in the hotel garden and he is wolfing a dairy milk bar and has two more sticking out of his trouser pocket. What's more, Bruno never stopped boasting about how his father made more money than my father and that they owned three cars. Babe! Boo-boo! His daddy dead! There are lines we don't cross in this world, and that's talking about a buddy boy's dead dad. Bruno deserves the mousiness. Bruno Jenkins shall become a mouse, and I won't feel bad for him. But worse than that, yesterday morning I had found him kneeling on the flagstones of the hotel terrace with a magnifying glass in his hand. What? There was a column of- <gasps> Sorry, 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 my apologies. There was a column of ants marching across one of the flagstones, and Bruno Jenkins was focusing the sun through his magnifying glass and roasting the ants one by one. I like watching them burn, he said. That's horrible, I cried. Stop doing it. Let's see you stop me, he said. At that point, I had pushed him with all my might and had, and he had crashed sideways onto the flagstones. His magnifying glass had splintered up into many pieces and he had left up shrink shrieking. My father is going to get you for this. Okay, Draco Malfoy. Okay. Try it. Do it. Do your worst, buddy. You can't do anything now. Like in five minutes. Book time. Um, I wanted to make another comment. Oh, right. Apparently, like, brutalization of insects and animals, like, is stepping forward to, like, being a psychopath and possibly a murderer later on in life. So, like, 
Um. Ahem. Then he had run off, presumably to find his wealthy dad. That was the last time I had seen Bruno Jenkins until now. I doubted very much that he was about to be turned into a mouse, although I must confess that I was secretly hoping it might happen. Either way, I didn't envy him being up there in front of all those witches. Darling boy, cooed the Grand High Witch from up on the platform. I have your chocolates all ready for you. Do come up here first and say hello to all these lovely ladies. Her voice was quite different now. It was soft and gentle and absolutely dripping with syrup. Hey, I didn't read that ahead, but I did a nice little sweet voice. So, way to go me. Woohoo! <laughs> I really went woohoo! Bruno was looking a bit bewildered, but he allowed himself to be led up onto the platform where he stood beside the Grand High Witch and said, Okay, where are my six bars of chocolate? I saw the witch who had let him in, quietly putting the chain back on the door handles. Bruno didn't notice this. He was too busy asking for his chocolate. The time is now one minute before half past three, announced the Grand High Witch. What the heck's going on? Bruno asked. He wasn't frightened, but he wasn't looking exactly comfortable either. What is this? He said. Give me my chocolate. Man, what a greedy little rat man. <coughs> my apologies. 30 seconds to go, cried the Grand High Witch, ripping Bruno by the arm. Bruno shook himself clear and stared at her. She stared back at him, smiling with the lips of her mask. Every witch in the audience was staring at Bruno. Ha, ah, that's a horrific drawing. Twenty seconds, cried the Grand High Witch. Give me the chocolate, shouted Bruno, becoming suddenly suspicious. Give me the chocolate and let me out of here. Fifteen seconds, cried the Grand High Witch. Will one of the crazy punks kindly... Oh, sorry. One... I did the wrong thing. Will one of you crazy punks kindly tell me what all this is about? Shouted Bruno. Ten seconds, cried the Grand High Witch. Nine. Eight. Seven, six, five, four, three, two, one, zero. We have ignition. I could have sworn I heard an alarm clock ringing. I saw Bruno jumped. Jump. He jumped as though someone had stuck a hat pin deep into his bottom and he yelled, Ow! He jumped so high that he landed on a small table up there on the stage. And he started hopping about on, on the top of this table, waving his arms and yelling his head off. Then suddenly he became silent. His whole body stiffened. The alarm has gone off, shrieked the Grand High Witch. The mouse maker is beginning to work. She started hopping about on the platform and clapping her gloved hands together. And then she shouted out, This smelly brat, this filthy scum, this horrid little louse will, ver will very, very soon become a lovely little mouse. Bruno was getting smaller by the second. I could see him shrinking. Now his clothes seemed to be disappearing, and brown fur was growing all over his body. Suddenly he had a tail, and then he had whiskers. Now he had four feet. It was all happening so quickly. It was a matter of seconds, only, only, and all at once he wasn't there anymore. A small brown mouse was running around on the tabletop. Bravo, cried the audience. She's done it. It works. It's fantastic. It's colossal. It's the greatest yet. You are a miracle, oh brainy one. They were all standing up and clapping and cheering. And the Grand High Witch produced a mousetrap from the folds of her dress and started to set it. Oh no, I thought. I don't want to see this. Bruno Jenkins may have been a bit of a stinker, but I'm dashed if I want to watch him having his head chopped off. Where is he? Snapped the Grand High Witch, searching the platform. Where has that mouse got to? She couldn't find him. Clever Bruno must have jumped down off the table and scampered off into some little corner or even down a small hole. Thank heavens for that. It matters not, shouted the Grand High Witch. Silence and sit down. Ahem. The Ancient Ones, page 106 now. The Grand High Witch stood on the very center of the platform, and those dangerous eyes of hers traveled slowly around the audience of witches who were sitting so meekly before her. All those over seventy, put up your hands, she barked suddenly. Seven or eight hands went up in the air. It comes to me, said the Grand High Witch, that you ancient ones will not be able to climb high trees in search of Gruntle's eggs. 
<clears throat> we won't, your grandness. We are afraid we won't, chanted the ancient ones. Nor will you be able to catch the crab crunchers. Who lives high who lives high up on rocky cliffs, the Grand High Witch went on. I can't exactly see you sprinting after the speedy cat springer either, or diving into deep waters to spear the blabber stitch, or striding the bleak moors with a gun under your arm to shoot the grovel squirt. You are too old and feeble for those things. We are, chanted the ancient ones. We are, we are. You ancient ones have served me well over many years, so the Grand High Witch and I do not wish to deny you the pleasure of bumping off a few thousand children just because you have become old and feeble. I have therefore prepared personally with my own hands a limited quantity of delayed action mouse maker, which I will distribute to the ancient ones before you leave the hotel. Oh, thank you, thank you, cried the old witches. You are far too good to us, your grandness. You are so kind and thoughtful. Here is a sample of what I am giving you, shouted the Grand High Witch. She fished around in a pocket of her dress and brought out a very small bottle. <clears throat> she held it up and shouted, In this tiny bottle is 500 doses of mouse maker. <coughs> wow. Is enough to turn 500 children into mice. I could see that the bottle was made of dark blue glass and that it was very small, about the same size as the ones you can buy at the chemist, at the chemist with nose drops in them. <coughs> My sincerest apologies, everyone, for that cough. Each one of you ancient ones will get two of these bottles, she shouted. Thank you, thank you, oh, most generous, gener generous, Wow, oh most generous and thoughtful one, chorus the ancient witches. Not one drop will be wasted. Each of us will promise to squish and squab and squiggle one thousand children. Our meeting is over, announced the Grand High Witch. Here's a timetable for the remainder of your stay in this hotel. Right now we must all go out on the Sunshine Terrace and have tea with that ridiculous manager. Next, at six o'clock tonight, those witches who are too old to climb trees after Gruntle's eggs will report to my room to receive two bottles each of Mouse Maker. My room number is 454. Do not forget it. Then, at eight o'clock, all of you will assemble in the dining room for supper. We are the lovely ladies of the RSPCC, and they are setting up two long tables specially for us. But do not forget to put the cotton plugs up your noses. That dining room will be full of filthy little children, and without the nose plugs, the stink will be unbearable. Apart from that, remember to behave normally at all times. Is everything clear? Any questions? <clears throat> I have one question, your grandness, said a voice in the audience. What happens if one of the, sh of the chocolates we are giving away in our shops gets eaten by a grown-up? That's just too bad for the grown-ups, said the Grand High Witch. This meeting is over, she shouted. Out you go. The witches stood up and began gathering their things together. I was watching them through the crack and hoping to heaven they would hurry up and leave so that I might be safe at last. The witches- Oh, wait, wait, wait. Wait, shrieked one of the witches in the back row. Hold everything! Her shrieking voice echoed through the ballroom like a trumpet. All the witches suddenly stopped and turned and looked towards the speaker. She was one of the taller witches, and I could see her standing there with her head tilted back and her nose in the air. And she was sucking in great long breaths of air through those curvy pink sea shelly nostrils of hers. Wait, she shouted again. What is it? The others cried out. Dogs droppings, she yelled. Just then I got a whiff of dogs droppings. Surely not, the others shouted. There couldn't be. Yes, yes, shouted the first witch. There it is again. It's not strong, but it's there. I mean, it's here. It's definitely somewhere not too far away. What's going on down there? Shouted the Grand High Witch, glaring down from the platform. Mildred's just got a whiff of dog's droppings, your grandness. Someone called back to her. What rubbish is this? Shouted the Grand High Witch. She has dog's droppings on the brain. There are no children in this room. Hang on, cried the witch, called Mildred. Hang on, everybody, don't move. I'm getting it again. Her huge, curvy nose holes were waving 
in and out like a pair of fishtails. It's getting stronger. It's hitting me harder now. Can't the rest of you smell it? All the noises of- Noises. Wow. All the noses of all the witches in that room went up in the air and all the nostrils began to suck and sniff. She's right, cried another voice. She's absolutely right. Dog's droppings it is, strong and foul. In a matter of seconds, the entire assembly of witches had taken up the dreaded cry of dog's droppings. Dog's droppings, they shouted. The room is full of it. Pooh! Pooh! Why did we not smell it before? It stinks like a sewer. Some little swine must be hiding not so very far from here. Find it, screamed the Grand High Witch. Track it down. Rootle it out. Follow your noses till you get it. The, no the hairs on my head were standing up like the bristles of a nail brush, and a cold sweat was breaking out all over me. Rootle it out, this small lump of dung, screeched the Grand High Witch. Don't let it escape. If it's if it is in here, it has observed the most secret things. It must be exterminated immediately. <sighs> Metamorphosis, page 112. I remember thinking to myself, there is no escape for me now. Even if I make a run for it and manage to dodge the lot of them, I still won't get out because the doors are chained and locked. I'm finished. I'm done for. Oh, Grandmama, what are they going to do to me? I looked round and I saw a hideous painted and powdered witch's face staring down at me, and the face opened its mouth and yelled triumphantly, It's here! It's behind the screen! Come and get it! The witch reached out a gloved hand and grabbed me by the hair, but I twisted free and jumped away. I ran! Oh, how I ran! The sheer terror of it all put wings on my feet. I flew around the outside of the great ballroom and not one of them had a chance of catching me. As I came level with the doors, I paused and tried to open them, but the big chain was on them and they didn't even rattle. The witches were not bothering to chase me. They simply stood there in small groups, watching me and knowing for certain that there was no way I could escape. Several of them were holding their noses with gloved fingers and there were cries of, Pooh! What a stink! We can't stand this much longer! Catch it then, you idiot! screamed the Grand High Witch from up on the platform. Spread out a line! Spread out in a line across the room and close in on it and grab it! Corner this filthy little gumboil and seize it and bring it up here to me! The witches spread out as they were told. They advanced towards me, some from one end, some from the other, and some came down the middle between the rows of empty chairs. They were bound to get me now. They had me cornered. From sheer and absolute terror, I began to scream. Help! I screamed, turning my head towards the doors in the hope that somebody outside might hear me. Help! 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 Get it, shouted the Grand High Witch. Grab hold of it. Stop it yelling. They rushed at me, and about five of them grabbed me by the arms and legs and lifted me clear off the ground. I went on screaming, but one of them clapped a gloved hand over my mouth, and that stopped me. Where's your old granny when you need her, man? Shoot. Bring it here, shouted the Grand High Witch. Bring the spying little verm. No, wait. Worm. It's worm. That's what the accent is saying to me. Bring the spying little worm up here to me. I was carried onto the platforms with my arms and legs held tight by many hands, and I lay there suspended in the air, facing the ceiling. I saw the Grand High Witch standing over me, grinning at me in the most horrible way. She held up the small blue bottle of mouse maker, and she said, Now for a little medicine. Hold his nose to make him open his mouth. Strong fingers pinched my nose. I kept my mouth closed tight and held my breath, but I couldn't do it for long. My chest was bursting. I opened my mouth to get one big, quick suck of breath, suck of air, and as I did so, the Grand High Witch poured the entire contents of the little bottle down my throat. Wow. And she was yelling at the witches not to overdo the dosage. Mm-mm. What a hypocrite. Mm-mm-mm. Oh, the pain and the fire. It felt as though a kettle full of boiling water had been poured into my mouth. My throat was going up in flames. Then very quickly, the frightful, burning, searing, scorching feeling started, spreading down into my chest and into my tummy, and on and on into my arms and legs and all over my body. I screamed and screamed, but once again, the gloved hand was clapped over my lips. 
The next thing I felt was my skin beginning to tighten. How else can I describe it? It was quite literally a tightening and a shrinking of the skin all over my body, from the top of my head to the tips of my fingers to the ends of my toes. I felt as though I was a balloon and somebody was twisting the top of the balloon and twisting and twisting and the balloon was getting smaller and smaller and the skin was getting tighter and tighter and soon it was going to burst. Wow, that was a long sentence. Then the squeezing began. This time I was inside a suit of iron and somebody was turning a screw and with each screw of the and with each turn of the screw, the iron suit became smaller and smaller so that I was squeezed like an orange inside into a pulpy mess with the juice running out of my sides. After that, there came a fierce prickling sensation all over my skin, or what was left of my skin, as though tiny needles were forcing their way through the surface of the skin from the inside. And this, I realize now, was the growing of the mouse fur. Far away in the distance, I heard the voice of the Grand High Witch yelling 500 doses the stinking little carbuncle has had 500 doses and the alarm clock has been smashed and now we are having an instantaneous reaction instantaneous action not reaction i heard clapping and cheering and i remember thinking i am not myself any longer i have gone clear out of my own skin I noticed that the floor was only an inch from my nose. I also noticed a pair of little furry front paws resting on the floor. I was able to move those paws. They were mine. At that moment, I realized that I was not a little boy anymore. I was a mouse. Now for the mouse trap. <clears throat> I heard the Grand High Witch yelling, I've got it right there, right here, and here's a piece of cheese. But I wasn't going to wait for that. I was off across the platform like a streak of lightning. I was astonished at my own speed. I leapt over Witcher's feet right and left, and in no time at all, I was down the steps and onto the floor of the ballroom itself and skittering off among the rows of chairs. What I especially, especially liked was the fact that I made no sound at all as I ran. I was a swift and silent mover, and quite amazingly, the pain had all gone now. I was feeling quite remarkably well. It is not a bad thing after all, I thought to myself, to be tiny as well as speedy when there is a bunch of dangerous females after your blood. I settled the back leg of a chair I selected the back leg of a chair and squeezed up against it and kept very still. In the distance the Grand High Witch was shouting, Leave the little stink pot alone, and it's not worth bothering about. It is only a mouse now. Somebody else will catch it will soon catch it. Let us get out of here. The meeting is over. Unlock the doors and shove off to the Sunshine Terrace to have tea with that idiotic manager. <coughs> okay, so further in, no longer need the note to be made because we got to the point where I wanted to make the comment. So if someone was like live messaging, <coughs> Jinxy, <coughs> if someone was like live messaging while listening to this, and they already put the note. Sorry for wasting your time with that. I don't need it anymore because we got to that point. Anyway, I made a therapy joke earlier. And said, like, he needs to take this situation to therapy. But now he can't. He's a mouse. He ain't gonna get therapy. He's a mouse. Mice don't get therapy. So that's why I was like, oh, wait. Oh, wait. He won't grow into an old man to get therapy about this childhood trauma. Oh, no. Oh no! So that's why I was like, mm, ah, ah, ooh. <laughs> anyway, now we're on Bruno, page 118. <clears throat> I peeped round the leg of the chair and watched the hundreds of witches' feet walking out through the doors of the ballroom. When they had all gone and the place was absolutely silent, I began to move cautiously about on the floor. Suddenly, I remembered Bruno. He must surely be around here somewhere, too. Bruno, I called out. I wasn't seriously expecting that I would be able to speak at all now that I had become a mouse. So I got the shock of my life when I heard my own voice, my own perfectly normal, rather loud voice, coming out of my tiny mouth. It was wonderful. I was thrilled. I tried it again. Bruno Jenkins, where are you? I called out. If you can hear me, give a shout. This is this is the fatal flaw. The fact that it doesn't like convert mental state and vocal state to mice. It changes the physical form. But like 
the fact that it didn't change more than the physical form doesn't really help anybody. Like, oh, they're harmless mice. They won't hurt us anymore. But, like, they're harmless mice. Harmless with big ol' air quotes. Because they still contain intelligence. And they can speak. So they can just rat you out. Haha, <laughs> rat. <laughs> that was unintentional. My voice was exactly the same and just as loud as it had been when I was a boy. Hey there, Bruno Jenkins, I called. Where are you? There was no answer. I pottered about between the seat legs, trying to get used to being so close to the ground. I decided I rather liked it. You were probably wondering why I wasn't depressed at all. I found myself thinking, what's so, what's so wonderful about being a little boy anyway? Why is that necessarily any better than being a mouse? I know that mice get hunted and they sometimes get poisoned or caught in traps, but little boys sometimes get killed too. Little boys can be run over by motor cars or they can die of some awful illness. Little boys have to go to school. Mice don't. Mice don't have to pass exams. Mice don't have to worry about money. Mice, as far as I can see, have only two enemies, humans and cats. My grandmother is a human, but I know for certain that she will never, that she will always love me, whoever I am. And she never, thank goodness, keeps a cat. When mice grow up, they don't ever have to go to war and fight against other mice. Mice, I feel pretty certain, all like each other. People don't. Yes, I told myself, I don't think it is all, at all a bad thing to be a mouse. I was wandering around the, ba the ballroom floor thinking about all this when I spotted another mouse. It was crouching on the floor holding a piece of bread in its front paws and nibbling away at it with great gusto. It had to be Bruno. Hello, Bruno, I said. He glanced up at me for about two seconds that went right on guzzling. What have you found? I asked him. One of them dropped it, he answered. It's a fish paste sandwich. Pretty good. He too spoke with a perfectly normal voice. One, of its, one would have expected that a mouse, if it was going to talk at all, would do so with the smallest and squeakiest voice you could imagine. It was terrifically funny to hear the voice of the rather loud mouse Bruno coming out of that tiny mouse's throat. Listen, Bruno, I said. Now that we are both mice, I think we ought to start thinking a bit about the future. He stopped eating and stared at me with small black eyes. What do you mean, we? He said. The fact that you're a mouse has nothing to do with me. But you're a mouse too, Bruno. Don't be a fool, he said. I'm not a mouse. I'm afraid you are, Bruno. I most certainly am not, he shouted. Why are you insulting me? I haven't been rude to you. Why do you call me a mouse? Don't you know what's happened to you? I said. What on earth are you talking about, Bruno said. I have to inform you, I said. That not very long ago, the witches turned you into a mouse. Then they did it to me. You're lying, he cried. I'm not a mouse. <clears throat> if you hadn't been so busily guzzling that sandwich, I said, you would have noticed your hairy paws. Take a look at them. Bruno looked down at his paws. He jumped. Good grief, he cried. I am a mouse. You wait till my father hears about this. He... <laughs> I'm sorry. <coughs> Just the father line. He may think it's an improvement, I said. I don't want to be a mouse, Bruno shouted, jumping up and down. I refuse to be a mouse. I'm Bruno Jenkins. There are worse things than being a mouse, I said. You can live in a hole. I don't want to live in a hole, Bruno shouted. And you can creep into the larder at night, I said, and nibble through all the packets of raisins and cornflakes and chocolate biscuits and everything else you can find. You can stay there all night eating yourself silly. That's what mice do. Now that's a thought, Bruno said, perking up a bit. But how am I going to open the door of the fridge to get all the cold chicken and all the leftovers? That's something I do every evening at home. Maybe your rich father will get you a special little mouse fridge all to yourself, I said. One that you can open. You say a witch did this to me? Bruno said. Which witch? Which witch? Which witch? The one who gave you the chocolate bar in the hotel lobby yesterday, I told him. Don't you remember? The filthy old cow, he shouted. I'll get her for this. Where is she? Who is she? Forget it, I said. You don't have a hope. Your biggest problem at the moment is your parents. 
How are they going to take this? Will they treat you with sympathy and kindness? Bruno considered this for a moment. I think, he said, that my father is going to be a bit put out. And your mother? She's terrified of mice, Bruno said. Then you've got a problem, haven't you? <coughs> Why only me, he said. What about you? My grandmother will understand perfectly, I said. She knows all about witches. Myrna took another bite of the sandwich. What do you suggest, he said. I suggest we both go first of all and consult my grandmother, I said. She'll know exactly what to do. Come. I moved towards the doors, which were standing open. Bruno, still grasping part of the sandwich in, the, in one paw, followed after me. When we get out into the corridor, I said, we're going to run like mad. Stick close to the wall all the way and follow me. Do not talk and do not let anyone see you. Don't forget that just about anyone who catches sight of you will try to kill you. I snatched the sandwich out of his paw and threw it away. Here goes, I said. Keep behind me. Gotta hydrate, y'all. Hmm. Hello, Grandmama. Now we're on page 124. As soon as I was out of the ballroom, I took off like a flash. I streaked down the corner, went through the lounge and the, and the reading room and the library and the dining room and came to the stairs. Up the stairs I went, jumping quite easily from one to the other, keeping well in against the wall all the time. Are you with me, Bruno? I whispered. Right here, he said. My grandmother's room and my own were on the fifth floor. It was quite a, quite a climb, but we made it without meeting a single person on the way because everyone was using the lift. On the fifth floor, I raced down the corridor to the, to the door of my grandmother's room. A pair of her shoes was standing outside the door to be cleaned. Bruno was alongside me. What do we do now? He said. Suddenly, I caught sight of a chambermaid coming along the corridor towards us. I saw at once that she was the one who had reported me to the manager for keeping white mice. Not, therefore, the sort of person I wanted to meet in my present condition. Quick, I said to Bruno, hide in one of those shoes. I hopped into one shoe and Bruno hopped into the other. I waited for the maid to walk past us. She didn't. When she came down to the shoe, she bent and picked them up. In doing this, she put her hand right inside the one I was hiding in. When one of her fingers touched me, I bit it. It was a silly thing to do, but I did it instinctively, without thinking. The maid let out a scream that must have been heard by the ships far out in the English Channel, and she dropped the shoes and ran like the wind down the corridor. My grandmother's door opened. What on earth is going on out here? She said. I darted between her legs and into her room, and Bruno followed me. Close the door, Grandmama, I cried. Please hurry. She looked around and saw two small brown mice on the on the carpet. Please close it, I said, and this time she actually saw me talking and recognized my voice. She froze and became absolutely motionless. Every part of her body, her fingers and hands and arms and head, became suddenly as stiff as a marble, a marble statue. Her face turned even paler than marble, and her eyes were stretched so wide that I could see the whites all around them. And then she started to tremble. I thought she was going to faint and fall over. Please close the door quickly, Grandmama, I said. That awful maid might come in. She somehow managed to gather herself together enough to close the door. She leaned against it, staring down at me, white-faced and shaking all over. I saw tears beginning to come out of her eyes and go dribbling down her cheeks. Don't cry, Grandmama, I said. Things could be a lot worse. I did get away from them. I'm still alive. So was Bruno. Very <coughs> My sincerest apologies. My apologies. Um, I need to hydrate again. Ah, <sighs> oh, drinking noises. <coughs> Very slowly, she bent down and picked me up with one hand. Then she picked Bruno up with the other and put us both on the table. There was a bowl of bananas in the center of the table and Bruno jumped straight into it and began tearing away with his teeth at one of the banana skins to get at the fruit inside. My grandmother grasped the arm of her chair to steady herself, but her eyes never left me. Sit down, dear grandmama, I said. She collapsed into her chair. 
Oh, my darling, she murmured, and now the tears were really streaming down her cheeks. Oh, my poor sweet darling, what have they done to you? I know what they've done, Grandmama, and I know what I am. But the funny thing is that I don't honestly feel especially bad about it. I don't even feel angry. In fact, I feel rather good. I know I'm not a boy any longer, and I never will be again. But I'll be quite alright as long as there's always you to look after me. I was not just trying to console her. I was being absolutely honest about the way I felt. You may think it odd that I wasn't weeping myself. It was odd. I simply can't explain it. Of course I'll look after you, my grandmother murmured. Who was this other one? That was a boy called Bruno Jenkins, I told her. They got him first. My grandmother took a new long black cigar out of a case in her handbag and put it in her mouth. Then she got out a box of matches. She struck a match, but her fingers were shaking so much that the flame kept missing the end of the cigar. When she got it lit at last, she took a long pull and sucked, sucked in the smoke. That seemed to calm her down a bit. Where did it happen? She whispered. Where's the witch now? Is she in the hotel? Grandmama, I said. It wasn't just one. It was hundreds. They're all over the place. They're right here in the hotel this very moment. She leant forward and stared at me. You don't mean. You don't actually mean. You don't mean to tell me they're holding the annual meeting right here in the hotel. They've held it, Grandmama. It's finished. I heard it all. And all of them, including the Grand High Witch herself, are downstairs now. They're, they're pretending they're the Royal Society for the Prevention of Cruelty to Children. They're all having tea with the manager. And they caught you? They smelt me out, I said. Dog droppings, was it? She said, sighing. I'm afraid so, but it wasn't strong. They had nearly, they very nearly didn't smell me because I hadn't had a bath for ages. Children should never have baths, my great, my grandmother said. It's a dangerous habit. I agree, Grandmama. She paused, sucking at her cigar. Do you really mean to tell me that they are all, now all downstairs having tea? She said. I'm certain of it, Grandmama. There was another pause. I could see the old glint of excitement slowly coming back into my grandmother's eyes, and all of a sudden she sat up very straight in her chair and said sharply, Tell me everything, right from the beginning, and please hurry. I took a deep breath and began to talk. I told the I told about going to the ballroom and hiding behind the screen to do my mouse training. I told about the notice saying Royal Society for the Prevention of Cruelty to Children. I told her all about the women coming in and sitting down and about the small woman who appeared on the stage and took off her mask. But when it came to describing what her face looked like underneath, I simply couldn't find the right words. It was horrible, Grandmama, I said. Oh, it was so horrible. It was, it was like something that was going rotten. Go on, my grandmother said. Don't stop. Then I told her about all the others taking off their wigs and their gloves and their shoes and how I saw before me a sea of bald, pimply heads and how the woman, women's fingers had little claws and how their feet had no toes. My grandmother had come forward now in her armchair so that she was sitting right on the edge of it. Both her, both her hands were cupped over the knob of the stick that she used, always used when walking and she was staring at me with eyes as bright as two stars. Then I told her how the great... How the Grand High Witch had shot out the fiery white hot sparks and how they had turned one of the other witches into a puff of smoke. I've heard about that, my grandmother cried out excitedly, but I never quite believed it. You are the first non-witch ever to see it happening. It is the Grand High Witch's most famous punishment. It is known as getting fried, and all the other witches are petrified of having it done to them. I'm told that the Grand High Witch makes it a rule to fry at least one witch at each annual meeting. She does it in order to keep the rest of them on their toes. <coughs> My sincerest apologies. But they don't have any toes, Grandmama. I know they don't, my darling, but please go on. So then I told my mother about my grandmother, oopsies, about the delayed action mouse maker. And when, I came, and when I came to the bit about turning all the children of England into mice, she actually leapt out of her chair shouting, I knew it. I knew they were brewing up something tremendous. We've got to stop them, I said. She turned and stared at me. You can't stop witches, she said. Just look at the power that terrible Grand High Witch has in her eyes alone. She could kill any of us at any time with those white hot sparks of hers. You saw it yourself. Even so, Grandmama, 
We've still got to stop her from turning all the children of England into mice. You haven't quite finished, she said. Tell me about Bruno. How did they get him? So I described how Bruno Jenkins, Jenkins had come had come in and how I had actually seen him with my own eyes being shrunk into a mouse. My grandmother looked at Bruno, who was guzzling away in the bowl of bananas. Does he never stop eating? She asked. Never, I said. Can you explain something to me, Grandmama? I'll try, she said. She reached out and lifted me off the table and put me on her lap. Very gently, she began stroking the soft fur along my back. It felt nice. What is it you want to ask me, my darling? She said. The thing I don't understand, I said, is how Bruno and I are still able to talk and think just as we did before. It's quite simple, my grandmother said. All they've done is to shrink you and give you four legs and a furry coat, but they haven't been able to change you into a 100% mouse. You are still yourself in everything except your appearance. You've still got your own mind and your own brain and your own voice, and thank goodness for that. So I'm not really an ordinary mouse at all, I said. I'm sort of a mouse person. Quite right, she said. You are a human in mouse's clothing. You are very special. We sat there in silence for a few moments while my grandmother went on stroking me very gently with one finger and puffing her cigar with the other hand. The only sound in the room was made by Bruno as he attacked the bananas in the bowl, but I was—I wasn't doing nothing. But I wasn't doing nothing as I lay there on her lap. I was thinking like mad. My brain was whizzing as it had never whizzed before. Grandmama, I said, I may have a bit of an idea. Yes, my darling. What is it? Yes, my darling. What is it? The Grand High Witch told them her room was number four five four, right? She said. Well, my room number is 554. Mine, 554, is on the fifth floor, so hers, 454, will be on the fourth floor. That is correct, my grandmother said. Then don't you think it's possible that room 454 is directly under room 554? That's more than likely, she said. These modern hotels are all built like boxes of bricks, but what if it is? Would you please take me out on my, onto my balcony so I can look down? I said. All the rooms in the Hotel Magnificent had small private balconies. My grandmother carried me through into my own bedroom and onto, the, and onto my balcony. We both peered down to the balcony immediately below. Now if that is her room, I said, then I'll bet I could climb down there somehow and get in. And get caught all over again, my grandmother said. I won't allow it. At this moment, I said, all the witches are down on Sunshine Terrace, Sunshine Terrace having tea with the manager. The Grand High Witch probably won't be back until until 6 o'clock or just before. That's when she's going to dish out supplies of that foul formula to the ancient ones who are too old to climb trees after Gruntle's eggs. And what if you did manage to get into her room, my grandmother said. What then? Then I should try to find the place where, where she keeps her supply of the late action mouse maker, and if I succeeded, then I would steal one bottle of it and bring it back here. Could you carry it? I think so, I said. It's a very small bottle. I'm frightened of that stuff, my grandmother said. What would you do with it if you did, if you did manage to get it? One bottle is enough for 500 people, I said. That would give each and every witch down there a double dose at least. We could turn them all into mice. My grandmother jumped about an inch in the air. We were out on the balcony, and there was a drop of about a million feet below us, and I very nearly bounced out of her hand over the railings when she jumped. Be careful with me, Grandmama, I said. What an idea, she cried. It's fantastic. It's tremendous. You're a genius, my darling. Wouldn't it be something, I said. Wouldn't that really be something? We'd get rid of every witch in England in one swoop. She cried, and the Grand High Witch, into the bargain. We've got to try it, I said. Listen, she said, nearly dropping me over the balcony once again in her excitement. If we brought this stuff, if we brought this off, it would be the greatest triumph in the whole history of witchery. There's a lot of work to do, I said. Of course there's a lot of work to do, she said. Just for a start, supposing you did manage to get hold of one of those bottles, how would you get it into their food? <clears throat> My apologies. We'll work that out later, I said. Let's try to get the stuff first. How can we find out for sure if that's her room just below us? We shall check it out immediately, my grandmother cried. Come along, there's not a second to waste. 
Carrying me in one hand, she went bustling out of the bedroom and along the corridor, banging her stick on the carpet with each step she took. We went down the stairs one flight to the fourth floor. The bedrooms on either side of the corridor had their numbers painted on them, on the doors in gold. Here it is, my grandmother said. My grandmother cried. Number 454. She tried the door. It was locked, of course. She looked up and down the long, empty hotel corridor. I do believe you're right, she said. This room is almost certainly directly below yours. She marched back along the corridor, counting the number of doors from the Grand High Witch's room to the staircase. There were six. She climbed back up to the fifth floor and repeated the exercise. She is directly below you, my grandmother cried out. Her room is right below yours. She carried me back into my own room and went out once again onto the balcony. That's her balcony down there, she said. And what's more, the door from her balcony into her bedroom is wide, is wide open. How are you going to climb down? I don't know, I said. Our rooms were in the front of the hotel and they looked down on the, onto the beach and the sea. Immediately below my balcony, thousands of feet below, I could see a fence of spiked railings. If I fell, I'd be a goner. My grand- I- I've got it, my grandmother cried. With me in her hand, she rushed back into her, her own room and began rummaging in the chest of drawers. She came out with a ball of blue knitting wool. One end of it was attached to some needles and a half-finished sock she had been knitting for me. This is perfect, she said. I shall put you in the sock and lower you down- onto the Grand High Witch's balcony, but we must hurry. Any moment now, that monster will be returning to her room. I think that's- oh shoot, dropped my bookmark. <laughs> anyway, uh, trying to get this bookmark, so there we go. I think this is a good stopping point for today, because it's been just over an hour, and I normally do hour-long episodes. But anyway, thanks for tuning in. Um... I think next episode, we might be able to finish this book. We'll see how long it should take, because what page are we on now? Next time when we start, we'll be on... That was a loud book noise. Sorry about that. We'll be on page 137, and we were on 88 when we started. (sighs) That sounds like math that I don't want to do right now, but thanks for tuning in. Excited for next Saturday. Um, I'll, can I say see you? I'll feel your vibes next time. <laughs> oh, I regret saying that. Ignore that. Erase that from all memories right now, right now, right now. Um, you'll hear my voice next time, but bye bye